This is Tancred, and you're listening to Aetherite Radio. Aetherite Radio? How exactly does that work? Someone get Fernholz in here. I need him to explain this to me. I need to know the law behind this. This is Fern Hall. You spoony bard. And you're listening to Aetherite Radio. Please look forward to it. Uh, okay, so this one slipped through the cracks a little bit uh, during one of our last chats. Originally, the Astral and Umbral era, uh, was that was the only... Uh, it was binary, right? The polarities existed in all of the things, and they seemed to be part of the six elements rather than being independent. Uh, since ARR, uh, we've been dealing with a greater binary, light and darkness. Um, Eorzeans, um, as one might expect, seem ill-informed about these forces, uh, exposing conflicting assumptions. Uh, for example, there's a lot of overlap uh, between NPC talk of umbral energy void energies and dark energies after 2.5 we even started to see dark and light aspected sprites Uh, can you help us understand the modern lore for these binaries Uh, where are the boundaries and are they in any way related Okay. Um, well, as you know, the, the lore, the basic lore behind this hasn't changed at all. Um, it's just about how the terminology is being used. Um, the, you have the elements, the six elements. There are still six elements. There aren't any more. None have been added. None have been discovered. Six elements are the six elements. Um, the elements have charges, whether they're umbral or astral. Um, and you can say, in a sense, that if it is an, has, uh, it is an umbral energy, it is one of those elements, one or more of those elements, whether it's individual or combined, that has an umbral charge can be said to be an umbral energy. So that's kind of where the terms umbral energies and astral energies are coming from. It's not like a, a separate element that's umbral or astral. It's one of the existing ones that are umbrally charged, and then we're using a blanket term like that for um, umbral and astral energies. When you get into uh, things like light and dark, these are not uh, elements, but they are energies in a different kind of sense. So while not one of the six elements, there still something exists that is a light energy and is a dark energy. Um, and this is not really related with astral and umbral. Um, it's just a different type of energy that you have there. Um, so when we see the, the dark and light aspected sprites, you think, oh, well, because they're coupled with all of the elemental sprites, because, you know, there's earth sprites and lightning sprites and dark sprites and light sprites, it's kind of assumed that, oh, there are two new elements. Those are actually two different energies. You have the light and dark sprites, which are the light energies and dark energies, and then you have the elemental sprites, which are the elemental energies. Gotcha. Um, so we don't recall uh, Final Fantasy Eleven ever explaining it, but beyond some humorous uh, hand-waving, uh, but it uh, seems like something Otisan and yourself would have uh, kind of talked about. Um, how exactly does the link shell technology work, and who's making them? Okay. Um, well, uh, this is actually I, you know, playing and working on eleven. I always thought, well, how's this? Yeah, these link pearls. It seems just kind of convenient, but nobody ever explained it. So actually, back when I joined um, FF14, back before 1.0, and it was still UOS on doing the lore, I was like, we need to have an explanation uh, for these link pearls and how they work. And it actually was very convenient that we had something... You know, we already had the, the basis of ether uh, in the game, that ether was going to be this thing that kind of covered everything is made of the ether. 
there's this sea of ether out in the world and that's where you know you have your live stream that's how people are going to be able to use the etherites and so why not adapt this to a reason as to why um, the link pearls uh, can work and so we decided that it was going to be that um, the link pearls are kind of like mini beacons how like how you have the etherites which are beacons we explained it before as beacons in the live stream that you know your body gets pulled to so you don't get pulled into the live stream and drift off forever if you have that strong enough will you get pulled to the beacon that the little link pearls are also little beacons but very tiny beacons and not beacons that people can use to teleport or anything but they can emit i guess uh when you speak into them that gets transformed into ether and ether waves or whatever a packet i guess you could call so, it so the aetherites like, are just like cell like towers cell towers <laughs> and yeah and it, it shoots out the the message in the ether and you know the ether gets disturbed in a way and it gets drawn to another beacon that you've assigned someone else's link pearl is also the beacon and it gets drawn to that and then when it gets pulled into the into the link pearl then it gets transformed back into the language and you can hear it um but because of this it's just going out and this little packet this of disturbed ether is flying through uh the world is that it can be d- disrupted by any sort of other energies or it also can be tapped um intercepted so that's why we have the quests about uh the garlands intercepting uh link pearl messages and philly is always talking about you know probably being listened to on this um, and then you also have like the Garlean jammers which can jam link pearls and uh, so that's pretty much the basis and you also and I talked about that and like okay that's a fine idea but then we never actually got around to explaining it in the game so it's just kind of been there but that's actually something that yeah. we had decided on probably about seven years ago so, so if you look at the bottom of a link pearl there's that little like electronics warning like this device must accept any interference from other <laughs> right SEC warning right yep. <laughs> Um, when we defeat uh, Thornton at the end of Heaven's Word, um, we see us, the warrior of light, through his eyes, and it looks kind of dark and evil looking. Uh, should we be worried about that? Okay. Um, this was uh, kind of a, a combination of a couple things. Um, one, pretty much, it's just uh, the cutscene team wanting to do something really dramatic, and, <laughs> you know, you, you see that a lot in anime with, you know, the, that kind of perspective and the, the evil looking, you know, it's just the dramatic uh, type of way of displaying that scene. Um, the other half of it is that this is more of seeing it from, you know, that Thornton's eyes, is that he, you are there, but he's pretty much been built up on a, a certain way of thinking. He's convinced himself that um, what, you know, the way he was doing things is the correct way, and he was in, you know, the supreme right with this and so when you come in there and you totally break all of that down in his mind's eye he transforms you into something that is for him seems to him you know the antithesis of what he's been doing and so he sees you as evil when you're just you know he's the good guy he's he's the one saving the world and stuff and And so so. you're the evil one and so he sees you the last thing he sees his mind creates you into this evil image um, La Habrea said in Total Rock that Heidelin's champion uh, was able to interfere with the ethereal realm and manifest crystals of light. Um, but uh, once we get into uh, the stuff with the Sylves, um, Rama or Ramu uh, gives us a crystal of light. So where did he get that? Okay, um, 
talked a little bit with Ogasan about this one, and uh, there is a reason, um, but we plan on expanding on that um, pretty soon, and so um, we can't tell you everything here, but we do want you to know that it has to do with Ramu's past. Um, Ramu is a lot different than the other primals. I mean, you see the other primals are pretty much okay. They've been summoned by the, the beast tribes. They hate the five uh, the five races, six races now, I guess, <laughs> on Eorzea. They see you as, you know, um, their enemies. They will fight you. Whereas Ramu is just kind of like, you know, he's not the same type yeah. of, of primal as the others. Um, and he knows a lot about the past. He knows a lot about um, what has gone on for thousands and thousands of years in Eros' history. And there's a reason behind this. Um, and there's a reason why he shows him not to be an enemy with um, the six races, the non-beast tribes. And so in, therein lies the hint of, you know, why he had this crystal and uh, why he gave it to you. Uh, and that hopefully will come out um, in future patches, but until then... Speculate, speculate, speculate. speculate. Yes. I <laughs> hope um, oh, I scrolled down too far. Um, so, Heavens were taught us that uh, the Avis, the Serecta, and the Dyersaurs are the dr- draconic transformations of those who descended from Ratatasker's murderers. Uh, the Mericidian Dyersaur and the Final Coil doesn't seem to have anything in common with the known as guardian roots uh, of this genus. Um, are there any ways, uh, other ways that mortals can take on these forms? So, basically all of the, you know, the things that happened with Ratatasker's murder and, you know, the consuming of the flesh, drinking of the blood that gave um, those people the ability to make that transformation and their descendants to make that kind of transformation. Um, A similar thing happened at a previous war with dragons and the races in Maricidia. And so at that time, you had others who partook of the blood of one of the original dragons and became similar type of uh, creatures. So the link there is Maricidia. Gotcha. I will say nothing more beyond that. <laughs> you know, we have Ratatoskar, where it was the murder of Ratatoskar mm. and the consuming of the flesh. Now, how did these people in Maricidia get the blood? We will not touch on that yet. Speculate, speculate, speculate. <laughs> but it is Mar- Maricidia is where uh, the link is. Gotcha. Um, Given the battle of Silver Tear Skies, it seems incredible that Midgard Swarmer uh, could have slept through or uh, abstained from action against uh, Alex's activities because it seems like the Alex capital was kind of near Silver Tear Lake. So, where was Midgard Swarmer during all this? Just, yeah, you'd think, why weren't you doing anything? There's, you know, you've got right there, you've got Omega Arch do, do. Oh, I'm just gonna ignore this, all this, you know, killing of primals, all of this stuff going on, the Crystal Tower. Just, you know, he's like, he's like a bear, he just he, he was hibernating. And <laughs> um, actually, uh, the backbone of this story is set, uh, and not 4.1, but hopefully in the next patch, we'll be able to delve into that and find out what Midgard's armor was doing, or at least what was, he was thinking during that time. Is that tied into uh, Omega at all? Can you say? Mumbles? Speculate, speculate, speculate. <laughs> but, yes, we have the, the backbone for the st- of the story is ready, and it's going to be told. Cool. Awesome. Uh, what was Unakalhai up to uh, for all those years uh, that he was with Olidibus? Because he's, he's old. <laughs> we, we found... Um, well, okay, so you think, yeah, he's 
he's old, but he talks like he's a child. He doesn't seem to know very much. If someone has lived as long as this, why doesn't he know these things is probably the, the, the question there. And um, so I confirmed with Odesan on this one, and uh, it's that um, basically he was sort of a trump card for Elidibus. He put him in stasis. So stasis is our key here. Put him in stasis there and was holding on to him until the perfect timing. Oh, calamity's coming up. It's time to play the trump card. Mm. Revives him. So, yes, in body he is very old, but his spirit, because he was in stasis for so long, um, is still that of a very immature. Um, So... (laughs) Uh, Susano, um, you know, typically beastmen, you know, they summon a primal or, yeah. uh, you know, but with Susano, um, he just kind of came out of nowhere. We think that the uh, Megatama maybe acted a bit like Zantitsukin, uh, but that's kind of our, our best guess right now. So how did the, the summoning of Susano work? Well, um, this is actually one of the questions from the forum as well, but I'll answer it for you guys here. Um, that uh, this was more of there's nothing new going on here. It's the same way um, primals are summoned. And the primals are summoned mostly by you have this great belief, the strong belief. You have the power of the crystals in that the ether with, within those crystals combined together, the manifestation appears. And up until now, um, you've had the beast tribes pretty much actively, okay, we we need Ifrit now. You know, we need Garuda now. And that belief that uh, combined with the ether in the surrounding area combines, you get a manifestation of that belief. With uh, Susano, there was no intention here, but everything else fell into place. So they're having the ritual. It's intense belief combined with the ether uh, that was uh, latent inside all of the, of the treasures, the relics kind of combined together and it was not intended it just sort of happened mm-hmm. and then it popped out it's like oh okay there we go so it was it's happenstance yeah. in this case it wasn't necessarily a mistake but the Kojin weren't trying to do it it just sort of happened they just happened to have a couple extra batteries show up and right. it just powered it up <laughs> it and... just powered it up and <laughs> boom there he came um Lately, we've seen a few apparitions of the dead. Um, can you explain um, what was going on with all of those? Okay, well, um, this is more... Um, we wanted to leave this open to interpretation um, to kind of show, again, it's one of those concepts that no one in Eorzea really can understand. Um, that's why we've had so many different storylines tell, you know, different stories. So you have, like you mentioned, um, I think, the 2.0 White Mage uh, quest that goes over, you know, bends over backwards to explain why Atoa can't appeared. Yeah. Um, we also have like the monk quest where you have like the scientist like, no, it's just Aether and that has remained mm-hmm. and these aren't ghosts, mahaha. And then you see Harjafant Yasail, <laughs> and, the and then it's like, okay, and, then word, and, <laughs> and so, um, you know, again, this is this is uh, intentional. We want um, players to pretty much try to think. Um, is this real? Is this not real? Is this in my mind? Am I seeing Horshafont because this is m- what I believe Horshafont is? 
is it a combination of the fact that there may be some Horshavant ether still remaining on this plane and combined with my belief that he was the greatest and it's forming, you know, this type of... <laughs> so like, so Arshavan Prime will confirm? <laughs> <laughs> I'm not saying that. But, um, again, it's... Uh, or whether, whether yeah, was it, was it all in your mind? Was he really there? That's more for, I think, you know, th- the player, what he or she experienced during those quests, what he or she wants to believe. No, he's and he's not a void kin. Someone, you know, using his <laughs> vessel is like I am Archivon. <laughs> Someone just got bored. And it's like I'm just gonna I'm just gonna walk around as Archivon. It'll be, it'll be fine. Um, so we've learned a lot about the nature of the cosmos and why calamities happen. Um, but um, the kind of thing that we've been hearing is that the calamities you know are are somehow benefiting. Um, Zodiac. So how exactly uh, does that work? Okay, um, this also, there is uh, a lot of hidden backstory behind this. Um, there is kind of a method of this madness. It's very complex. I probably talked with Olasan for probably about an hour about this, just trying to figure out, um, you know, what what's going on. I asked him a bunch of questions, and even he got kind of stumped on a couple of things. Like, oh, I'm going to have to go back and rethink that. Um, but... The, he doesn't want to reveal too much here because it's, um, I think, like what was mentioned, uh, what you, you asked me about before is... Uh, oh, wait a minute. The, um, no, in the E3 uh, interview they had with... Uh, Yusuzan was talking about the Ashian storyline yeah. and it not being completed. We still have more to tell on that, so he doesn't want to reveal too much. Um, but he said to leave you with uh, a hint and that... Um, to, uh, that could be an answer to this, is that Zodiac was stronger than Heidelin before the split was made. And so, uh, the split, as in sending him to the moon, right. making that split. So, therein lies the hint as to why all of this is going on. And, and that's going to be a reason why. Um, yeah, I'm not, I shouldn't say any more. <laughs> Even now, I'm like, eh, yeah, he told me not to say that one, so... But yeah, it's the hint is in that Zodiac was stronger before the split. All right, some shorter ones. Um, was Neo X Death able to tap into the actual void in the Delta Scape, or was that more of just Omega's stuff just kind of yeah, playing that? This out? is this is the Omega stuff. I mean, um, again, spoilers for people who haven't played the Omega story, but Omega is creating these things in his Delta Scape. The Delta Scape is a you know, synthetic world, um, basically formed from information that Omega has compiled, and so um, X Death uh, he uses stuff from the void. So Neo X Death needs let's to let's compile some void. Why? Let's compile some void, and so that is all that he's not actually drawing from the void from Delta Scape. This is just compiled from data that he should be able to create these type of monsters. Gotcha. Uh, are the statues of in the Maki raids uh, their interpretation of Ralgar? Um, my notes from Odasan say, hmm. <laughs> it's very specific. I'm glad he could answer that for us and just completely end that. Uh, <laughs> Uh, what is the ver prefix on all the red mage spells? Vermilion? Ver- vermilion. This is vermilion. Um, it's just <laughs> when trying to decide um, well, how we were going to go, you know, we use the spell names. Um, again, because it's not really white magic and not really black magic, we need something new, but we want to keep it kind of close. But we already have pretty long names in some of the spells, so we needed a good one syllable something that was punchy. And then that worked kind of in both languages. Um, 
and so Vermilion kind of ended up working because it you know fit with the red in the red mage and it was one syllable and it didn't look too weird when coupling it with the other this gets into the very like okay how are we going to make this and you, you I had a bunch of ideas, and you just kind of write out every spell with them. So it's like, and like the Verholy and the Verfire, it just looked better than the other ones I had. Because when you know, when you do compound words, I've you know stumbled into this many times. When you yes. do compound words, sometimes you get things that are read in weird ways or don't look very nice. And and so we spent a lot of time trying to find out one that was going to look good in English, and then also when they turned it into katakana in the Japanese, sure. that it was going to not sound like anything else. Although the the Verfire. Um, kind of looks like there's a car that was released. I think like it was an SUV or something. It's called like the Verf, the Velfire, and so it was very really close to that. And I was like, oh, sounds like gonna be okay. And it's like, ah, it should be fine. But I'm sure like Japanese users have already picked up on it. There you go. Or, so you know, so if you ever need some kind of weird, like, you know, Japanese 14 edition car or something, yes, there you the go. Verfire. That's, that's right we'll, there. You know, suit by whatever. <laughs> yeah. Um, would a light born void differ from a dark born void? Um, okay, so again, this is one thing that Ozan didn't want to talk about completely because we still have more of this story to tell. But there is um, ac- an actual line in game that exists now that kind of explains it. Um, it talks about it's it's a world of the bright light engulfs and there is nothing in the world. So, like in the vo- the dark void that we have, you have this void that's uh, void of uh, ether, and but you still have the the creatures, the animals, the people that resided in there, and because they're starved of ether, they try to break through onto our side and, you know, suck the ether back into theirs. Whereas the light void, there's nothing there. It's completely empty. But beyond that, I can't say anything. Gotcha. (laughs) I've already said too much. No, but that's actually, there's a line in the game that that explains that, that it's, there's nothing. Gotcha. Okay. Uh, the lore book mentions the Whirl. Um, how did this concept find its way into Eorzean mythology? Uh, is there some great swirling chaos out there beyond the cosmos? Who knows? Um, this is one of those things where, you know, no one is there at the beginning of the universe or beginning of the word world, so they just have to speculate. They have to, you know, create an answer because they can't have there be no answer. Um, and so you just have a lot of different cultures in Eorzea would have this idea of, okay, things were born from nothing, but you can't have things born from nothing. It has to be something there that it's born from. And so you get the the, uh, the idea of the whorl, which is, again, it's this dark void, which out pops something into the light. It gets very back into its very... It's like the womb. You have the dark womb and the light. The god is born. And it's just one of those things where, again, no one knows the answer, but they needed an answer, and so they chose something that was very familiar to them, childbirth, whole person pops Yeah, out. that sounds good. We'll go with you that. Shouldn't, I shouldn't get in. It's, <laughs> it's still like, what, 10.30? Yeah. Koji, where do babies come from? <laughs> from the whorl. <laughs> uh, did Unukal High and the Warriors of Darkness have to possess vessels on our plane? Hmm, that's, uh, yeah... Yeah. It's <laughs> a good question. It's a good question. Did, like, the Derplander die? And, you know, some guy's like, hey, this is a good vessel. I'll take this. So, so it really was the Warriors of Darkness in the trailer the, trailer the whole time. <laughs> no, 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 no. I'm just... He, he was just on the vessel? And, yeah, I yeah. can't. I can't. No. Olafson laughed when I asked him this question. <laughs> and so... <laughs> 
Um, how long ago was the floating continent, uh, which is the turning mists and the sea of clouds, uh, torn from the planet and then shattered? Uh, the Mughals don't seem entirely reliable with history. But they're the only history we have, and so whether you believe them or not is up to you. Um, yeah, well, the sons, like didn't want to really reveal any more of this. He wants to keep this vague, um, and it's trying to find the hidden truths in you know what the, the Mughals are telling you. Are you going to believe the Mughals because they said it, or are you not going to believe the Mughals because they're pretty much full of BS every other time you talk to them? <laughs> uh, all right, some stuff more on the development side of things. Um, it feels as though there's less prefabricated lore to reveal um, and that all the new ideas are being built onto existing foundations. Has that had any effect on the lore team's process? Um, yeah, uh, I mean, a little bit. Uh, there is, I mean, you had this, this foundation um, that was there, uh, in 1.0, and then you know the 2.0 came along, and a lot of that was kind of like, okay, we're going to change some of this, we're going to keep some of this, um, but that foundation was still there, and building upon that greatly in 2.0, and then filling out, um, you know, fleshing out the other parts in 3.0, then in 4.0 you move to a different land, and so you can kind of start with a new foundation there. A lot of new foundation had to be built for um, for Hingosi and authored and that kind of stuff. And so we were able to create a new foundation there. that can, we can continue to build upon um, in the 4.x series and beyond. But um, yeah, there are a lot of things where it's okay, we want to, you'll get a you know dev team member, a high-ranking member of the team such as a director slash producer who's like I want to do this and like oh okay yeah how are we going to make that happen and that's you know um, one of our our main jobs Olasan has to pretty much sit there and and figure out how to make things work um, with that foundation that we have even though it's something that we had you know not even you know imagined would come back when we first created that foundation and so there is a lot of um scrambling to make things work but um you know the most difficult thing is making sure that everything is consistent but that's that's what we try to do um is you know go in check all of that backstory um check all of the quests that have happened um, make sure that we're not going to overlap with something or contradict something um and that takes a lot of time um and so i think that's probably it's getting harder in a sense, it's just taking more time because there's more stuff we have to confirm with, more stuff we have to go back sure. and make sure that, you know, is this going to work, is this going to work? And then, of course, you get new team members. Um, the scenario team is getting new people all the time, people coming in, coming out. Same with the localization. It's just getting those people up to speed on all of that that background because there's just more and more to remember every single time. With, yeah. Yeah. Um, and so it's, it's not more difficult. It just takes more time, I think. Uh, we were surprised to see uh, the long, <laughs> long half didn't get a nod in the lore book. Um, I might regret asking this, but wasn't there something about a song? Yes, there was the ode to Humbert Longhalf. Um, that is, again, I still have it on my desktop, and I'm waiting for <laughs> the the Japanese team because I kind of I translated it roughly into Japanese. Uh, so they would know what it was, and they're like, we can't, we can't, really? And um, Yeah, it's going to be a question of where I can reveal it. I really want to do it, like, someplace official, like in-game, or in, you know, some kind of publication, if that's, you know, ever going to happen again after the first lore book. <laughs> All of a sudden, I feel like, yeah, about that. Um, 
but again, if it's not possible, it might just be one of those things where I'm like, okay, I'll, I'll say, okay, you don't have to translate this into Japanese and embarrass yourselves, but I really want to put it up on maybe the English forums or something so that people can get it. It's just about getting that permission now. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm still pushing to get it someplace official because I really want to see a Japanese translation of it as well. <laughs> uh, all right. Uh, when we talked to Yoshida uh, at E3, he, we did talk about um, the ASEAN arc a little yeah. bit like we, we talked about. Um, but then he mentioned, you know, we can always make more stories and more expansions. Maybe we'll go to Vanadil or something like, you know, make Return to Vanadil. Um, has... Well, so we, we already know that the ending hasn't been worked out, right? I think you said yeah. that. Um, but uh, has, has there been any discussions about something with, with Vanadil or some kind of return to Vanadil? Um, we haven't heard anything about that yet. We were kind of also surprised. <laughs> oh, so, I mean, that's the thing. When we say surprised, not really surprised, because after all of the stuff he's thrown at us, nothing really surprises. Sure. Oh, you're going to use that this time. Okay. Um, and it's a figuring out how to make it work. But, um, yeah, but for both uh, myself and Onasan, you know, Eleven has a special place in our hearts. And so that was kind of like, a, oh, this would be really cool if we could do this, this, and this. Um, I asked Onasan, and... Uh, he before he uh, worked uh, at Square Enix on the 14 team, he was making guide. He was writing for guidebooks mm. that we made for Square that were made for Square Enix and other companies. And he worked on guidebooks for Eleven. And this is back in the old days when the Eleven team didn't give any information to oh, the wow. guidebook makers because it's a third party maker, and so they have to sit and play the game to get all of the numbers. Oh wow! And so. Um, he, uh, what he really liked um, about uh, Eleven, one of the first jobs that he had working on that guidebook was um, he would go on to the, the ferry from Selbina to Mara, the real-time one where you you'd yep. ride on it and you could fish. And they, he was uh, in charge of, I guess, the fishing stats, like moon phases and, you know, directions. Oh, man, all the things to get for and a so guidebook. He, he, has to, <laughs> he has to, like, check all this. And so his, uh, they gave him a super high-level character that um, one of the other... And it was, like, a private character that one of the other people working there had used. Like, okay, use this character. All you need to do is fish. And you just fish a bunch of times, write down all your data, that's all you have to do. And so he was doing that. Of course, he fishes up one of the Krakens, and it kills the character. And he has to go and, like, bow down to his senpai and, like, I'm sorry I killed your character. And he also leveled down. I'm really sorry. And that was his first job. And he totally thought he was going to get fired. and But he didn't. And um, But he said if we were going to have Vanadil back in you know, like return to Vanadil in 14, he would love to have a ferry like the Selbina Maur, like a real-time ferry mm-hmm. where you could sit and just, you know, fish and do something on that boat while you're going somewhere rather than just the instant jump. I still remember doing that when Ottergon came out, being like on one of the first ferries to go out there and then somebody fishes up an NM and calls for help. They're like, no, we need to see what it drops. Don't call for help. <laughs> <laughs> Myself personally, um, my best memory from, from all of 11 was... Uh, uh, Primivian. Mm-hmm. I loved that content. And I just loved the design of the monsters in that area. Yeah. And I would love to have something like that in for it to like connect it with the void somehow. There you go. And you go in there and you fight those, you know, those husks of enemies at the cool designs. That would be really cool. That's what I'd like. That'd be cool. Uh, Valkram Dunes and we can have another <laughs> skull that you have to grind for for like thirty hours. There you go. 
no. And like Matt's shaking his head over there, like <laughs> no. <laughs> Magic Skull, man. The best memories from Eleven oh. are all around me. Gotham Dunes. Have have a bunch of goblins just come up and attack you with fishing poles and train them. <laughs> train his <laughs> <a> own. <laughs> uh, back at Tokyo Fan Fest, uh, our our guys talked to you about Rise. Uh, at the time, you told us that Fiend was your favorite song to perform, uh, but that you would love to do Rise once you figured out how to sing it without dripping over yourself because it's so fast. Oh, yeah. um, at Frankfurt, you did Rise. Yeah. Um, so how how did that happen? That happened in like two weeks. I was just like, so I was like, so, Goji, you know, you said publicly that you can't do it. But you can do it, right? Like, uh, I don't know. I mean, we're gonna if I practice, it's like, so we're gonna do it for Frankfurt. I'm like, what? Like, that's in, like, two weeks. Like, oh, I know you can do it. Yeah, you can do it. He's, like, typical Soken. Oh, yeah, it's okay. You can do it. <laughs> um, and this is before we'd even practiced once with the band. And oh, so wow. it was just like, okay, we're going to do it. And then we started practicing with the band, and I, you know, it was just, like, every night as I was walking home, I have a 30-minute walk from my station to my house, and I was just, like, listening to it and mumbling and you know probably all the Japanese people on the street are like oh crazy guy Gene you know is you know (laughs) what's he doing there Um, and I just did that over and over and then finally we brought the band together and we hadn't played it before and it was just like it was one of those kind of felt like kind of like a jam session type of thing where it's just like okay here's the music here are the chords and all of them got together and because you know all those guys are pros it's like they play it once like okay I got this Okay, and then now it's all like all on no me. Like, okay, the band can do this. Can you? And so I mean, but being in that, I guess, that type of situation where you're surrounded by, you know, these guys that have played with the top artists um, in Japan, you know, and consummate pros, and then you have Sokens on there, like right next to me, just kind of like you know, batting his eyes, looking. You can do this, right? You can do that. Yeah, yeah, you can do this, right? Okay, and then it was just yeah, practicing over and over, and we you know got it down um i think it's still absolute nonsense um the way soken took the original song and kind of just cut it up to make it you know f- like feel like the way he wanted it to feel is that words that were longer you know grammar that was there is suddenly gone and so it's like okay i have to sing it like this this half word that's not a real word but i guess i just have to sing it that way and it, and it was kind of hard to try to force myself to yeah. you know sing something that wasn't I mean it wasn't what I wrote it wasn't what I originally sung but now I have to relearn it and, well, that and was that's the harder part, part too when you yeah. write it and then it's not it's not the way you wrote yeah yeah and so but that was a lot of fun that was a lot of fun I'm still gonna say The Fiend is my favorite song um, <laughs> but it was a lot of fun it's a, it's a lot different and the you know the when we stopped in the middle like that I love that I love that was great who came up with that idea that was actually one of the uh, one of the guys that it's uh, not necessarily a manager, but he's like in the background, like that organizes everything. Um, that's just in the sound department. He's like, "Why don't you guys do this?" And he put together, you know, piecemeal together um, the songs. Like, this is how you could do it. And it's like, "Wow, this really works." It was great. Let's I loved it. it. And, yeah. You know, the band tried it as well, and it's like, "Wow, this really does work." And then when we got there and we saw like the lighting, it's like, "Okay, we have to do it like this." We make it you know, bright, and then everyone appears as a shadow in the front, and like we're up there, and it's just like yeah. it's bright, and we just see everybody. And it's like, oh my god, this is so embarrassing. But then you see it from the floor, and it's like, oh, it's all That's like awesome. they're in yeah. shadow. This is 
Yeah. <laughs> I felt like a moron up there, though. I was like, I'm stopping. <laughs> okay. Okay, when's it going to end? Like, I got to count eight bars, right? Count eight bars, right? <laughs> but, yeah, that was a lot of fun. Yeah, I know. Like, we got the, the Far Edge of Fate soundtrack came out that had the lyrics to Rise. And I was looking at it, and I was, like, playing the song. And I'm like, how did he do this? It's it's crazy. I, I still can't do it. <laughs> and then and, and crazy. And, yeah, you can just ask all the people that I walked by when I was, you know, on my way home. They're, they know how crazy it is as well. They've heard it many times. As long as you didn't do, like, the, the stop freeze, like, while you were walking. No, I wasn't. <laughs> <laughs> what's he doing? Is he one of those, like, statue people? Like, what's he? Uh, all right. And that was our last question. So, Cody, thank you very much for taking the time. Yeah. And uh, we look forward to the lore panel. Okay.